0: Yo, I'm coming from
1: that 3-6, so that's why I got them brains spinning. Ain't nobody using blinkers we ain't good at lane switching. Better get a plane ticket, I ain't flying all you chickens though. Always shoot my shot, better swishing off the pick and roll. Dishing off the give and go, all my squad is driven so you can catch us on the road. Promise Rip City, are you listening? I'm Christian Gamalin, I'm talking with co-host Austin Caphammer, and this is the Peeps and Plaid Podcast. The All-Star break has come and gone. The Blazers are 26-34, still 9th place in the West, and are just 1-3 since the All-Star break, with Damian Lillard on the bench still recovering from his groin injury since before the All-Star break. The Blazers are now all tied up with the New Orleans Pelicans, three games behind the Memphis Grizzlies, and the Pelicans look to be... More of a significant threat to the Blazers uh, for that eighth seed than the Grizzlies do because, for one, Jaron Jackson is out for multiple weeks for the Grizzlies. Meanwhile, the Pelicans have one of, if not the easiest, schedules in the league the rest of the season, with Zion playing extremely well as a rookie and the team seeming to fire on all cylinders. Uh, Speaking of which... The first game since the All-Star break, the Blazers lost to the Pelicans, losing both the season series and the playoff tiebreaker. So it's gonna be an uphill battle, uh, but the Blazers have a favorable seven game stretch ahead of them right now. Damian Lillard should be coming back in the very near future, and hopefully uh, in the not too distant future, Nurkin Collins could come back too. So uh, we'll see how things go, how things shake out. But Austin, how are you feeling about this recent stretch of games?
0: um not so good not so good and it's primarily because i think yousef's timetable I, I i believe um i think jason quick finally pinned him down in an interview here recently and it said that his timetable is as open-ended as ever so um you know that's lame that's pretty concerning because i'm the more i'm starting to watch and notice oh hold on one second here we're gonna keep recording This is my lovely girlfriend. If you guys haven't met her, this is Lindsay Williams. Hi.
1: What's up, Lindsay?
0: (laughs) She's running away at the moment. (laughs) So probably not so much like the teams play with what they have in their tools, but more so the tools that will be available for them in the immediate future. And now everything's immediate, right? So um, yes. You know, Dame's out longer than I thought he would be. Um, I thought CJ was going to be going down as well with an injury when I tweeted CJ Oh No or something on our account last night, but I think he just kind of got hit pretty hard in his manhood. Um. Yet again, another (laughs) Blazer getting hit in Nards. So, um, yeah, no, I'm not feeling too good. I would say that we have, I think tomorrow's game is um, uh, against Atlanta. Um, Yeah. So I think that's good, um, but I'm trying to think of um, some of our other matchups. I know those other two teams, I tweeted briefly, you know, I think, I think Memphis played the Lakers and lost the night that I had tweeted, and then um, I think that the Pelicans had to play the Lakers twice this week. Um, so their second one is either coming tonight or – is it tonight? When is that? I'm not certain. Yeah. So Pelicans – Pelicans are playing the Cavs right now. I'm sorry. But tomorrow, which will be... Uh, I'm sorry, Sunday, which will be March 1st at 6 p.m. Yeah. They play the they play the Lakers again. So, I think all three teams are kind of... I think the Pelicans are... You want my honest non-homer opinion? I think the Pelicans are going to take the 8th seed. I think the Blazers... Yeah, I, mean, I don't think the Blazers are going to get it. And I don't think that the Grizzlies are going to hold on to it. Um, yeah. I think that... The Pelicans have a harder schedule, but injuries trump scheduling.
1: Yeah, and and we can we could talk about must win this, must win that, all that. But these next seven games for the Blazers, they literally should go seven and zero, especially if Damian Lillard comes back. Uh, two games against the Suns; those are probably going to be the hardest ones. But. Other than that, it's pretty cake. It's Atlanta next, which obviously Trey Young has been just a monster the last few months. Yeah. Uh, then against Orlando, you should beat Orlando. I'm sorry. I, don't, I mean, especially if Dame's back. Yeah. Dame's not back. Like, sure, maybe I'll give you a pass, but like, this is the run for the playoffs right here. Yeah. Uh, then against Washington, then against Phoenix, Sacramento on a back to back, and then against Phoenix at home in in Portland and then against Memphis. So mm-hmm. six games, and then against Memphis. So we we should be looking back and saying, all right, six-game win streak, playing against the Grizzlies to finally overtake that eighth spot. Um, that should be what we're looking back on. Mm-hmm. And then the question is, do we have enough momentum to keep it up so that the Pelicans can't pass us? Because there's going to be some harder teams coming up later than that, but it's, it's still a pretty easy schedule for the Blazers. Uh, but the Blazers find ways to... Uh, lose to anyone sometimes
0: it's it's not enough with with this um biggie swanagan Anthony simons biggie Swanigan, and and, and when and G- gabriel are not going to get us in the playoffs this year um, but hazonia will that's not even funny that's not even <laughs> funny. i'm so angry dude every time i watch him get in the game i'm like maybe it's me maybe i'm biased right and then yeah. and then i see something i'm like nope <laughs> like like there's the when I had tweeted and everyone you know, I kinda hated on him and got like I think eleven or twelve likes, whoop-dee doo on Twitter, but something mm-hmm. it was right after a play where he had the ball was out of bounds. And I don't even know if yeah. it was Blazer's last touch. And he just like did this real awkward, one foot on the line, lean out of bound like a uh flamingo like yeah. oh man, he just keeps keeps shooting himself in the foot. Worse and worse, every time.
1: Yeah, when Hazonia gets the ball uh, uh, on a fast break, he can kind of do okay. Sometimes he can sometimes get a good pass, um, sometimes drive well enough to score. Uh, but for the most part, it turns into a turnover. He doesn't. And he doesn't look he gets... like
0: he belongs in an NBA court. And I'm not even saying. Oh, no I'm not. Way. I'm not saying yeah. that as like a like a, a. A lot of times in sports, especially in amateur comment commenting, it's really easy yeah. to just like be hyperbolic and just exaggerate just because like it's it's sexy but like i am being dead serious when i say that mario Hazonia doesn't belong on an nba court right now in his career yeah cuz he... you give it to him in the front court and like he's maybe
1: passed it like twice in the last 10 games yeah. so, like he gets it in the in in the half court and he's like all right i guess i have to shoot now and then he just finds a way to shoot and miss every
0: time it's ridiculous it seriously it seriously looks like it looks like how I feel like sometimes when it's like some of my worst nights playing pickup. Yeah, it, it's like <laughs> me every time I play pickup. Yeah, <laughs> it's like you—he you, gets the ball and you're like, "It's it's gone." Okay, anyways, we could talk about that all night. What what's next on our yeah. on our agenda?
1: What is next for us? Well, um, yeah, just going back through those games real quick. So Pelicans game that was rough. Um, another loss to the Pelicans after losing to them right before the All Star break. Um, after that. Uh, was the Pistons, which the Blazers absolutely destroyed in the first quarter. It was amazing. And then they're like, oh, by the way, we'll have our second worst quarter of the season in the second quarter. And the Pistons made it a close game the rest of the way. Blazers luckily were able to put it away. It was, it was funny. I went to that game with Witty from Blazer Tag, who's come on the pod. Mm-hmm. Uh, had a blast at that game with him. And uh, he, you know, after that lead, he's like, man, this is not the game I was expecting to see. And I'm like, yeah. And he's like, well... Hazonia hasn't gone in yet, so uh, anything can happen, and then it happened. Luckily, the Blazers won anyway. Then against the Celtics, Blazers held their own well enough, uh, but the Celtics just had too many pieces. Um, Kemba Walker was out, so it's like maybe the, the Dame out, Kemba Walker out. And thing Jason Tatum and Jason Tatum and... had
0: like th- uh, mid-30s with only one or two free throws. <laughs> Jason Tatum's on another level. And it was level. like 70% and... or something or 60% or something on the night. I saw a
1: stat where since his beard connected yeah, he's just been I, I, ridiculous. Saw I don't want to talk about
0: that. <laughs> I'm I'm just jealous. Speaking of that speaking of that stat though, the person who had retweeted it to put it on my timeline was Team Mom and Team Mom, uh, my girlfriend Lindsay Williams that had just walked in and myself are going to be going to the um, the Blazers game when they play the Suns down here in the 6th. Yeah, dude. It's so cool. So, we'll be hanging out with the yeah. ladies and um i'll be like the lone this will be very interesting for me it'll be it'll be me and then like nine other women that i'm watching a basketball game with which is cool but mm. it's like you're telling me that's not how you normally watch basketball <laughs> it'll be like the only time i've ever been like the only guy watching going to watch a basketball game but it should be a good time and um, Lindsay would say oh i'm nervous oh something 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 i said oh you know these People, people wanted to just have fun and, and and yeah. you know, Tara, you're awesome if you're listening to this, and we're really excited to go.
1: Totally, man. I was really hoping I could go down, but it just didn't work out with stuff I got going on. Oh, so yeah. uh, Next year, I'll make it down to Phoenix. For sure, bro. Up, uh, get some really good seats. Absolutely. Um, so, uh, the other games, yeah, we talked about the Celtics. Jason Tatum is just ridiculous. Um, the Pacers... Victor Oladipo was, like, not on a minutes restriction, but then he didn't start, and then he was, like, on an exercise bike, and then he came out. So maybe it was just, like, his muscles were tight or something. Okay. I don't know what's up. Uh, but, yeah, it was another close game, another good game. CJ, CJ's cj been playing well throughout this stretch. He, he had a, what was it, 40-point near triple-double. He had double-digit assists for at least the first two games of this stretch. He's been just leading the team well, uh, scoring and getting assists, which is... You know, if you watched him the first, you know, before the All Star break, he wasn't passing all that often. Um, So it's pretty cool to see him able to get those assists. Um, But this Pacers game, another close game. At the end, it came down to it. The Blazers were coming back. It got down to three. It was like, oh man, Blazers were only down three. And then Miles Turner hit a clutch three pointer and it was rough. And uh, I tweeted something, which. I think I'm gonna tweet before every Blazers game because it's just true, and it's a a gif of Michael Scott saying, "I'm ready to be hurt again." Yeah, <laughs> that's me watching the Blazers because th- it's like I know they're gonna like disappoint me somehow. Well, the frustrating kind of season, part is it's but...
0: it's been it's been games, and this is this is how I, I wonder if this is just how it feels to be a fan watching your team, or if this is truly how it feels to be a Blazers fan because what I yeah. feel like is. Every single game, if not more, two out of 3 games that I watch that are a Portland Trail Blazers game is either won or lost by a quarter.
1: Yeah. Totally. That's that's like uh there's I mean every once in a while you'll have a blowout. Like I was I was at Blazers 76ers sometime last season and Blazers were up by like 40 or something at the half and it's like yeah. okay, they're not going to lose this. Um but for the most part it's like There's a lot of people I know that aren't NBA fans. They'll be like, nothing even matters for the first three quarters, and then the fourth quarter matters. It's like, yeah, that's pretty true. I mean, you set yourself up one way or the other Mm -hmm. in order to have that finish, which kind of uh, segues us well into what I'm hoping to get into next. Did you have another thought Um, on that? mm -mm. Okay. So the all-star break uh, was cool. Uh, The dunk contest, Aaron Gordon was apparently gypped again, had like multiple... 50 point dunks more than the winner derrick jones jr uh but you know derrick jones had some pretty good ones but there, there's kind of the the argument that he's similar to donovan mitchell in that yeah he's a high flyer he gets some exciting dunks but they, they're kind of all same. not sub, that diverse whereas, yeah whereas aaron gordon you know comes up with all these crazy ones like obviously a few few years back like basically sitting on top of his own mascot while dunking is just insane so, yeah, I, I mean, you could definitely argue Aaron Gordon deserved to win that, but Derek, Derek Jones was still exciting. But what I want to talk about, the All-Star game itself. There was a little bit of controversy. Uh, they were doing, who wins this quarter? Who wins that quarter? It's, it's not like a, a running total, but it really was a running total. Total. And then there's the whole aspect of, like, maybe disappointment because they were giving 100000 to these two different charities based on who won it. So it's like, what if one team wins all four quarters? I didn't like that. And then, like, like there's all these kids who don't get anything. Like, what? Uh, so it was pretty awkward. Ended up working out okay in that way. And the game was more exciting than expected because they had the Elam ending, which is named after. Let's see if I have it ready to go. I don't have it ready to go. Elam, you Matt mean? at Elam Oh. E-L-A-M uh, named after like Matt Elam who is a professor at Ball State University Elam yes, maybe or is that a hockey player? this is getting more obscure by the second Elam ending Elam ending anyway, the, the Elam ending is to have a point target rather than a time target mm-hmm. in an NBA game or a basketball game named after, it doesn't want to say, it doesn't want to say, anyway, Matt Elam, I don't know, I'll look it up, I'll, I'll, I'll correct that. So, in the All-Star game, the point target was 28 po- 24 points for Kobe Bryant um, in memory of him, so the way it worked is, leading teams say they had 90 points, which was not the case in the All-Star game, it's much higher scoring than that. You add 24 points to that, and that's the target that the team needs to hit, okay? So the target would be 114 points. The lose Whoever's behind has to score more than 24 in order to make up that difference. The game ended on a free throw from Anthony Davis, which was a little disappointing, uh, but it was a very exciting end to the game. I mean, both teams were playing hard, uh, playing more defense than you usually see in an All-Star game. So the question is... Is that something they want to incorporate into the rest of the NBA? I, I listened to I think it was Brian No talking to uh, the creator Elam, and uh, shoot, was it Brian No? I don't know. Uh, and yes, it definitely was. And he was saying that there's some like tournaments for college and for at the high school level, all these things that use the Elam ending in the tournament, where it's at four minutes on the game clock, mm-hmm. they will. Incorporate the Elam ending, stop the clock, and on average, those teams score eight points normally. You know, in college. So it's They'll almost like in soccer more. when
0: they assess whatever the duration of the of the uh, extended period should be. It's like you get there and mm. then they and then they reflect on the game and how many points have been scored, and then it's determined how many points should be until the finite ending.
1: Kind of, okay. except way more exciting because, okay. like, the point of it is like game winning shots. I mean, some of them are going to be free throws, but the point is game winning shots. So it it would kind of cheapen game winners because nowadays it's like, oh my gosh, Dame hit a series winning shot. Whereas in the future, every series would have a series winning shot because it has to end on a field goal, Mm -hmm. which is pretty dang awesome. Uh, But I don't think you should incorporate it in that way. What I think would be great is um, in regular season overtime, I think Playoffs, keep it, you know, have quadruple overtime thrillers. That Blazers-Nuggets game was a classic. Um, But in regular season games, instead of having these double overtime games where Nurkic gets injured against the Nets and it's like, oh my gosh, why did we have them playing so much? Put an Elam ending on it, okay? You're tied 101-101 at the the end of uh, four quarters. You're like, all right, the target is 109. First team to 109 wins it. Now, I think a way that could be good is... um, maybe have a soft cap of 109 and a hard cap after that, where it's like, okay, they hit 109 on a free throw. That's less exciting if you really want to do that. Uh, let's put it at, you know, you are you still have that score, but you don't win until you actually hit a field goal. Okay. So you're still ahead by that much, but you don't, yeah. Uh, the other option would be uh, like win by two. Win by two, maybe... Oh, like altogether or maybe you put a cap on it win by two until you until you hit you know 15 over whatever the case is but i think the Elam ending is really cool i I wouldn't want to see it all the time because like i said it kind of cheapens the the game winning shot the series winning shot but it makes every game exciting where it's like yeah you actually have to score you don't just dribble out the clock um you got to earn it um even though maybe you earned it before but
0: personally personally i think mid-season tournaments are stupid uh i get the draw um, and I, and I think that that would be about the only application where an Elam ending would be reasonable. Um, yeah, maybe maybe preseason or G League, I guess, um, just to make to sell tickets for G League teams, um, or for in Vegas preseason, I guess, if you don't want to waste viewership time or dollars. Um, but yeah, that's my two cents.
1: Yeah, I. I personally just think it would be good to uh, not have such long regular season games when it's not really that necessary. Yeah. Um, maybe you even do it after one overtime. You're like, you give them one chance, and then you're like, all right, we're gonna cut it here. This is the Elam ending. But I just think overtime in the regular season, throw on an Elam ending. You know, make it more exciting. It's you already you exciting wouldn't be saying that if we had yet.
0: another four four overtime game to go into. Winning the Western Conference Finals. I mean, not winning the Western, but going to the Western Conference Finals. That's what I mean. I want it in the
1: playoffs, dude. Oh, man. I just keep thinking back to that Nate Robinson triple overtime, Bulls, Nets, 2013. That was amazing. (laughs) Anyway, um, what next? We got some tweets from the people. Yeah, we got
0: some tweets from the people. All right, From the peeps. So I put out out a tweet here earlier today. Um, Just asking here for some insight as to what our viewers would like to potentially hear. Uh, We'll start chronologically. So uh, we have a Mr. Tommy handle is Tom A. Saransky. He asked, what what should the Blazers' top three draft targets be? Christian, I'm going to defer to you in terms of actual names, but I would tell you what I would perceive as needs. You are
1: funny because guess how much I know about uh, college the ball NBA draft. Yeah. Yes, I do not watch college basketball. Uh, Lomelo Ball—that's a name I know—and yeah. the center from Memphis that got okay. uh, in trouble. Okay, so t-
0: so Tommy, we'll address your question by saying we'll we'll say what we'd like to see in terms of needs. We'll we'll do our best to educate ourselves as we near the uh, off season, and then we'll we'll circle back to you. But in terms of needs something I've kind of pondered a bit as an NBA fan and and as a Blazers fan in general is how you're not really drafting for the next year, nor are you even drafting for the next year or two after that. Um, You're really drafting for your core and extended core about four to five years out. And at the moment, we have a young core which is inclusive of – Zach Collins, one healthy. Um, how old's is Yusuf now?
1: Yusuf is like 26.
0: Yeah, I wouldn't bank on him being there in five years. Um, so I would I would say – and I wouldn't also either really qualify him as young, young. But so I would say, you know, Wenyan Gabriel doesn't necessarily count yet. We don't really know where they stand with him. Um, I think Biggie Swanigan is out. I don't even think he'll be in the league in the next three years. Um I think that Anfernee really needs to pick it up. I think it doesn't necessarily make sense for us to trade him at the moment because he's 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 not playing. It would it would make more sense to do that after a peak, you know, a little bit of a performance. So yeah, Boom. exactly, pretty much. Um, so, in summary, the young core young core is Anfernee Simons, Gary Trent Jr., Zach Collins. Who am I missing? I'm missing somebody. Nasir Little. Nasir Little. That's right. I think that Nasir Little and, and Gary Trent Jr. Surprisingly are the two most. Un, uh, well, uh, it's so tough, man, with injuries. It's so tough. But I mean, what do you see? Yeah. What do you see as not now? Right. So like Dame and yeah. CJ and like Yusef and all those guys their skill set is not even a part of this conversation because this conversation is we're drafting for two to four years from now. So what do you see within that age range on the Blazers team as a need? So when I look at the Blazers team,
1: I see the young guys are a point guard, a wing in Gary Trent Jr., a wing maybe forward in Nasir Little, and a big man in Zach Collins. So If if there's one position I'm going for, it's another forward, potentially a defensive forward, um, with high upside. Okay, so maybe they can contribute immediately. I mean, we're looking at probably the probably 13 to 18 range in the draft, Uh, so maybe they can contribute already because you know we're getting a good enough player. But regardless, you know we're not looking for a superstar talent. This is whatever we can get, and I want someone with high upside. Ideally, a forward. We don't need more guards. Does that sound you know?
0: Does that sound familiar though to you, there, Christian? What, Nasir Little? Someone who is no, because he was already accounted for in the discussion in in the names that you had just mentioned. But there was a name that you did not mention within within that core. Uh, That fits. Whenian Gabriel. Yeah. I think I think the best draft pick the Blazers have this year is developing him. Yeah, uh
1: <laughs> I mean, you could potentially get someone with higher upside. I mean, uh Gabriel's athletic and he could put on he's a McDonald's uh, some more pounds. All-American MVP. Yeah, but he he wasn't drafted, so he didn't play all that well last year. Already he's contributing a bit, um not the no. Not the most smooth transition in the okay. NBA, but better than expected, I'd say. Okay, um, well, in the essence so of it, time,
0: we do have we do have four other questions here, Christian. Yeah, um, and
1: and I'll I'll come back with names because I, I never pay attention and I always have a, no. a pretty good uh, grasp on who the Blazers should draft. I really wanted Nasir Little and they got him, so I'm stoked. Uh, but yeah, I'll I'll try to get some names for you. Yeah, in the near
0: future. Same same here, Tommy. We'll try to get some names for you. Um, but it sounds like, yeah, and I'm right there with Christian agreeing that uh, a, a high ceiling forward, defensive minded forward would definitely be nice to have. Um, yeah. Hall of Lame. Definitely, if you guys haven't listened, go ahead and follow our friends Trey Benson and Jason Malia over at uh, the Hall of Lame, T H E H A L L O F L A M E, on Twitter. Uh, those guys are, are really fun, and they talk about really blazers and anything that's like Northwest sports centric. And then they kind of dive into the national scene as well a little bit. Um, so they had asked what had happened to Anthony Simons this season opportunity has been ample, but he hasn't quite taken another step in his development. Christian. Yeah. Anthony's hit some, some
1: big shots, um, throughout this time and he's hit some impressive shots too, but similar with a lot of players in the NBA and in basketball, Sometimes you make some that you really shouldn't make, and then it like encourage you, encourages you to keep on taking those. Uh, so that's kind of been the case for Anfernee. He'll make some crazy ones, and like, whoa, he made them, and he's like being told, "Oh, you're the most talented player that Neil Orleans ever drafted." Woo! So he's just like feeling the green light in in a good way. Especially when
0: Dame's injured, right?
1: Yeah, it, it just hasn't connected quite right, and it, and it's what I what I basically expected that's at the start I, of the season. Same here. Same here, though. Yeah. Right. Yeah, I, I mean, we've we've predicted quite a few things pretty well for this season. We're at the start, we're like, hey, it's going to be hard for this team to mesh. It's going to be a tough start to the season. Mm-hmm. And then guess what? There were injuries, so it became a tough rest of the season too. Uh, so, but Anthony Simons, we came in like, he'll have some highs at the start of the season. He'll have some lows. And as things go, I expect him to lose some playing time toward the end of the season, just as we make the push toward the playoffs and then in the playoffs. So it would have taken like, him playing extremely well to really open up those minutes. Uh, But he's got more minutes than expected because of injuries, and he hasn't really stepped up. But like we said, the guy's 20. uh, The game needs to slow down for him a little bit more before he can really capitalize on his athleticism. I agree. So I'd expect within the next couple seasons, uh, he becomes a really good player uh, probably. I mean... Maybe like Shea Gilgis-Alexander, kind of what we're seeing from him. Uh, maybe not that high of a ceiling because, I mean, Gilgis-Alexander has always had already had like a 2020 game of some sort. I don't remember. Yeah. That up. But, uh, but yeah, something like that where it's just, you know, once the game slows down for him a little more, I, I can see him capitalizing on what skill set he and has. He's, and but...
0: he's more athletic than, than shy. Yeah,
1: yeah, yeah. I mean... Anthony's about as athletic as it gets for guard, other than like Russell Westbrook. So, and um, he's
0: got that shot. It just it's just not yeah. consistent. So, I I think he still has even higher upside than SGA. It's just like you said, just a matter of I would say two seasons from now we'll be laughing about this conversation. We'll see. Um, I mean, I, I've seen some some pretty high
1: ceilings and young players just kind of fizzle out. I mean, uh, you look at Tyreek Evans, who had one of the best rookie seasons we've ever seen, and then like stopped playing point guard and did terrible, so that was strange. Um, But anyway, uh, yeah, Anthony Simons is a good player and hopefully will return to form in the next couple seasons, but I wouldn't expect too much this season.
0: Okay, all right, and then we have uh, two more. We'll make them quick since we're nearing our our, uh, deadline. The first one comes from... Hamza Chima. Hamza, sorry if I pronounced your name there incorrectly. Uh, The question is going to be, is Nurkic going to return this season? If not, how is it going to impact him since he wouldn't play an NBA game for about more than a year and a half? What about Collins? Is he going to return this year? Bro, I hope. I'm wondering the same thing.
1: I mean, you know, uh, at some point, you know, maybe after this seven-game stretch where things look really favorable right now, things don't go well maybe they pull the plug they're they're gonna pull the plug on the season at some point unless they keep on trending toward that eighth playoff spot uh so it depends on when that is if that is and uh then if they want to push it because I think I think if the Blazers don't make the playoffs then they're not bringing back Nurkic or Collins whatsoever uh so they might bring back Collins there's been kind of a hard sometime in March timeline and the season goes till mid-April so Maybe they bring back Collins, regardless. Um,
0: you want to hear uh, that? Definitely Nurkic. Here's the here's the cynic in me. This is what I think is going to happen the yeah. rest of the season. I think the Blazers are going to make a push for it. I think Memphis is going to drop it, and I think that uh, the Blazers will ultimately drop it. And I think that um, I think that New Orleans will make a push, and um, that's what we're going to see. That's yeah. Could happen, and I think that they. So, I, and I'm sorry. What I was gonna, what I was going to say last bit on that is I think as a result of that, we're not going to see Yusuf Nurkic or uh, Zach Collins this year.
1: Yeah, and and as far as whether or not they will come back, the question like it depends on how they're feeling. Uh, I expect to see Collins. Um, I think Nurkic. Like, man. I mean, we got to figure out this Nurkic Whiteside situation. Um, I'm excited to talk about some free agent stuff at the end of this season uh that I've been prepping but yeah I I mean if we get Nurkic back that'd be awesome and I I think the Blazers would definitely have a better shot than the Pelicans if they get Nurk and Collins back within the next at least one of them in the next couple weeks and then the other within like three weeks I think the Blazers could have a better shot than the Pelicans for sure
0: yeah all right well last one here for you Christian we got to keep it concise um and it, and it's kind of a tough one to end on because it is, uh, awfully um, open ended. Perfect from Randall Pink Floyd. Does CJ Floyd? does CJ elevate the players around him like Dame does?
1: Uh, I think the the caveat right there is, is at the end, like Dame does, not quite. Um, I mean he's getting assists right now, obviously. But yeah, I, I don't think quite to the level that Damian Lillard and does. I, I don't think he leads them uh, nearly as well on or off the court. Uh, that that's not a you know that's not a slide to CJ. That that's just to say Dame is you know number one or two at being a leader in the NBA. Um, so you know there's nothing wrong with CJ. He's he clearly can get assists. We've seen now, um, but as far as leading the team, I mean I mean we've seen close games where. He has done well at getting them back that Pacers game. I mean they got back within 3 and you know CJ's given it his all. He's playing like entire second halves. But um to the level of Damian Lillard, no. And no. let me fight.
0: let me make my three points here, Christian. The first is going to be position. The second is going to be uh who the other players are on the floor when Dame is on the floor. Yeah. And the third is going to be Position for Dame. So position for CJ is he's a shooting guard. By skills, he's he's not traditionally a distributor. Distributor. He's a guard. You know that doesn't necessarily mean he shouldn't be able to distribute at all or elevate games. Um, so that's something to consider. It's definitely not the biggest one. Here's the potentially the biggest uh, caveat in this discussion. When Dame is on the floor, CJ is one of those other players. How much? How yeah. how much do you need to elevate oh, yeah. CJ McCollum's game in comparison to Gary Trent Jr.? You don't. Yeah. No, totally. You don't. Yeah. And so, and, and or 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 when you know Hassan Whiteside, uh, you know when you're, and that's when I'm going to bleed into the next point, which is Dame being a, a point guard, right? So like Dame's getting all of those motion screens. All those set... The, the, what what I believe our friend Tory Jones believes to be very few uh, called plays. But um, when those set screens come, more often than not that they're set for Dame. So then he gets the opportunity to distribute the ball and then he gets to look like the good guy with the assist. So I think... Yeah. I think that... And this is coming from somebody who would be relatively open to trading C.J. McCollum this offseason. Um, and relatively. Um, we'll talk. Yeah. Well, exactly. But... Um, I'm just saying. I think pump the brakes. We I think as a, as a fan base we need to pump the brakes a little bit with the uh, CJ not distributing. That's just who he is. That's who he is as a ball player. That's who he is uh, positionally. I think that's who I think that's who he is in terms of how he fits with da- alongside Damian Lillard, uh, and I think that CJ McCollum needs to play for the Charlotte Hornets and drop 35 <laughs> every night.
1: See, okay, like like that's the thing right there is. Uh, CJ McCollum, you're saying that's not who he is, and I understand that. What I see it as is that's not his role. Like, CJ is a more than capable guard altogether. If mm-hmm. CJ is on the Suns instead of Ricky Rubio, CJ's getting seven plus assists every night. He's, he's good. At, he can play point guard well enough. The game, like I said, has slowed down enough for CJ in ways that it hasn't for Anthony Simons mm-hmm. just yet. So, um, honestly if you ask me probably two weeks ago i wouldn't be saying the same thing because i haven't seen a lot of passing i've been seeing a lot of iso from you know dame cj and carmelo anthony which has been frustrating to me uh but you know he's shown that he can he can totally set up his teammates he can can right now but
0: we need him to perform be able to perform like that to a greater degree when those guys are all on the floor
1: and but but I mean that that's what I mean is, you know, the, the role we have him in is shooting guard. His role is you get the ball, you score. That that's what you're doing. You're saying best he needs to be operating as a six man? No, 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 no. no. Okay. I, I mean I mean he does it would be nice if he, you know, could could get assists as well as he is right now when he leads the second unit when Dame normally goes to the bench after, you know, eight, nine minutes in the first quarter. Um that that would be nice if he could lead the second unit. A little more like he is right now with the first unit, Uh, but he's a good enough point guard in the league. Like he 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 could start at point guard on basically any other team except for this one because Damian Lillard is just that good. Mm -hmm. Um, And and like we said, he elevates the players a little more than C J McCollum would just because of how good Dame is. Mm -hmm. Um, But yeah, C J is a more than capable point guard. I think I think that um, his place as a shooting guard is strictly based on his position in this team, not based on his own skill set. Um I think he you know he
0: Do you think that, that uh, do you think that position sits well though with what the Blazers need?
1: No, I I mean I, I've I've said for years that Damon CJ is not the ideal scenario it's it's great you know we, we saw in the nugget series dame was you know whether, whether it was because he was being doubled or just tired or whatever the case was dame struggled in that series and date uh, cj stepped up and he's the main reason that they made it to the western conference finals rather than just the second round mm-hmm. uh but you know you don't get that without dame obviously there's a give and take to it but uh cj mccollum and damian lillard work together but it's not a perfect fit, okay? Damon Anthony Davis is obviously. When was the last time you saw CJ? When
0: was was the last time that you saw a back? I mean, this is gonna be the last question because we got to wrap up, and this is a big one too. Um, yeah. When was the last time you saw a backcourt-heavy superstar tandem win a championship? I mean, Steph and Clay, but but Clay is that a was in twenty Swingman. You're saying before KD. Yeah,
1: yeah. Because after that, like, it's
0: KD. KD brought them those other champions. I mean, don't get me wrong; those other guys, but KD really, really brought. Them but those. if
1: you don't have KD, you still have Harrison Barnes and you know whoever else they can get. So, so maybe it's I'll, I'm, I'll I'm give him credit Harrison for that Barnes first elite. year. Yeah, I, I'm not. I'm not calling him elite. I'm just saying like, and they gave up pieces and, to get Kevin Durant.
0: and Clay. In my mind, was he played the two offensively and where he was at but clay brings a certain physicality and height and and and, and measurables that are common in, in a three two
1: and and that's that's what i'm saying clay is more of a wing a swing man rather than a guard whereas Damon, and cj are both guard yeah traditional guards. neither of them neither of them is playing the three except in a small yeah. ball lineup where you feel like yeah. it uh but clay is it's very clearly not a guard guard yeah. um i mean the other good one is like John Wall and Bradley Beal; those are two guards. But, yeah, what have um, they done in the,
0: in their entire 10 exactly in Washington? Exactly. So I think that's just something that just doesn't necessarily work out system wise right now in the NBA. I totally agree. And uh, Damon, Paul George, Damon, Jimmy Butler, Damon, and, we'll, Dame and, and we'll,
1: Anthony Davis are all better options. But
0: and yeah. we'll, and I think we'll find that I think we'll even find out whether or not you can have just two wings, flat out two wings, with the Clippers this year and next year. Um, and I guess technically Braun and AD are wings, but I think that's kind of a little bit of a, I think that's, a, that's like an anomaly, right? Like both of those guys are, are, are almost positionless, right? Like, I
1: mean, yeah. I mean, LeBron is straight up positionless and, and you know, Anthony Davis is a big man, but he's got all the skills in the world. Yeah, so, so, um,
0: I don't know. Yeah. All right. Well, Christian, was there anything else you want to discuss here with our viewers this evening?
1: No. I think we're
0: good. All right, everybody. Well, thank you so much for joining us this evening. Go ahead and give us a follow at Peeps and Plat on Twitter, uh, Spotify, uh, Apple Podcast, all that jazz. Thank you to our contributors for the music, uh, Anthony Michoni, uh, as well as others. Definitely if you have any artwork, we'll probably be doing a, a revamp of some of our graphics as well uh, going into this next season. So go ahead and reach out, everybody, and uh, thank you so much for listening, and go Rip City. You. Yep.